What's up, everybody? Welcome into today's show. We officially will get you into game week for SEC Week 1. We literally have a tidbit, our note for every team in the SEC today, so we got a lot to cover. We'll bring you updates on the Ole Miss and LSU quarterback battles. AM and Auburn talk about their quarterback decisions. We'll also get you some takeaways from the depth charts at Alabama, Kentucky, and Ole Miss. Kirby Smart talks Oregon. Mike Leach talks Memphis and much more. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start over at Ole Miss as Lane Kiffin has a quarterback decision to make coming into this season. Ole Miss in the uh, 21st in the AP poll, but still don't know who their quarterback is going to be. Here was Lane Kiffin talking about the decision or not the decision, as well as his two quarterbacks vying for the job, Jackson Dart and Luke Altmaier. We still have not made a quarterback decision. I thought they both played okay. I do not know when I'll have that answer. We haven't even discussed the timeline as coaches because it has not emerged at all. Really, my mindset going forward is just trying to prepare myself like I am going to be the starter. I know Luke's doing the same thing. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we just want to win. So um, we're going to do everything in our power to, to do that. It's very competitive, as I've told people. Um, we're, we're both doing really good things, I feel like. Um, you know, I'm obviously focused on myself, and he's focused on, you know, himself as well. But, um, it's really cool to see us both do well. So that was Jackson Dart and Luke Altmaier. Of course, Altmaier appeared in four games for the Rebels as a backup a year ago. Jackson Dart was playing in six games over at USC, where he threw for almost 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns with five interceptions. So no quarterback announced yet at Ole Miss. The Rebels will open at home against Troy. They'll kick off at 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. That will be on the SEC Network. Meanwhile, over at LSU, Brian Kelly speaking with the media uh, for his pers- first press conference of game week, and he declined to name a starting quarterback as well. Do you have an update on the uh, quarterback battle? Yeah, we have. Uh, we've made a decision, but I'm not going to announce it publicly. Um, and, and again, this is for certainly I think everybody here wants to know who the quarterback is. I get that. But I think it's a tactical advantage for us not to announce it. So I'm going to hold that um, announcement because I think it gives us a tactical advantage for not playing. Look, Florida State played a game. That's an advantage for them, um, having the opportunity to play. Um, the advantage for us is that we haven't played. And so it doesn't help us to give up any of our cards in that sense. So we're going to hold on to that card um, until game day. So Brian Kelly saying we are not going to name a starting quarterback. Jaden Daniels, the Arizona State transfer, has been reported to be in the lead with Garrett Nussmeyer. Of course, Miles Brennan departed from the team. Uh, Kelly said both run the offense extremely well, both make plays out of the pocket. He also said 
He knew LSU starting quarterback about 48 hours ago, and it's more a 1A and 1B. He said it's been that close. This is not a 1 and a 2. Both are going to contribute this year. So, look, we'll probably see both quarterbacks in the game Sunday night against Florida State, if I had to guess. Uh, why not get them both out there, get some action? But, again, we expect Jaden Daniels to be the starter, but an announcement won't come until Sunday from Brian Kelly and LSU. Meanwhile, over at Auburn, Brian Harson talking with the media on Monday about his decision to choose T.J. Finley as the starting quarterback. He said it went back to January and the early offseason program. He said that uh, Finley has had a really good understanding of what we've been trying to do offensively, so just the operation piece. It's something that stood out. He's got good command of it. He's able to operate from the sideline into the huddle or on the field, whatever it is we're doing, so that helps. And then fundamentally, he's gotten better as a thrower and a decision maker. Uh, Harson went on to say, I'm very proud of TJ. I'm proud of how he's handling himself going through this competition. I'm excited to get out there this week and let him play the majority of the reps and let him get our game plan put together so we can go out there and play some good football on Saturday. Now, uh, there was some bad news for Auburn as uh, Brian Harson officially announced on Monday that center Nick Brahms is officially done with football now. Brahms, uh, he said, feels he is just not there physically to go out there and play at the level that he wants to. So Tate Johnson is now listed as the starter at center ahead of Auburn's season opener. He'll be the one snapping the ball to T.J. Finley. Auburn and Mercer set to kick off 6 p.m. Central at Jordan-Hare Stadium September 3rd. Uh, as for T.J. Finley, he spoke with the media yesterday talking about the ups and the downs of transferring from LSU, coming into Auburn, being thrown into the fire after Bo Nix got hurt last year. And he talked about some of the difficulties and the decisions he had to make this offseason, especially when you had not one but two transfer quarterbacks coming in through the portal in Zach Calzada and Robbie Ashford. Here was T.J. Finley. When those guys came in, I, I kind of questioned myself, like, do I even want to play football anymore? Because, you know, a lot of guys had, had counted me out and a lot of guys were like, oh, you need to quit football, go play basketball or, or do other things. But, um, you know, I, I'm big on my faith in God and, and God just continuously reminded me, this is for you. This is what you can do. And, and he kind of showed me, um, you know, through bits and pieces that, that I went through last year that, you know, this is for me. So, yeah, those guys push me a lot each and every day, and we push each other. And I think that's a testament to how hard Robbie has worked as well. Um, he, he's, a, he's a very good talent. Um, and, and like I said, he's pushed me a lot. That was T.J. Finley. Again, a lot of people think we're going to see Robbie Ashford in some way, shape, or form as well on the Auburn football field this year. So we'll see as they get underway with Mercer this weekend. And then over at Texas A&M, we're completing the uh, four-teamer on quarterback decisions that need to be made here. Of course, uh, Haynes King announced as the starter at Texas A&M. Suffered that season-ending ankle injury in the Aggie second game of the year last year against Colorado. Uh, Jimbo Fisher on Monday talked about King and why he emerged. He said, Haynes King is a very involved guy. That's who he, he is. It was more from Jimbo on what led to Haynes being the guy. It's there's multitudes. There's no, there's no deciding fact. There's multitudes of things over periods of time. And like I've said before, we feel very comfortable with the other two quarterbacks. Max Johnson can be a starter here and I think play very well. And so did Connor Wegman. So and we felt Haynes had a great camp, puts us in a great position to be successful going in right now. And that's what we believe in. And it's not, there's no one thing. It's a multitude of things on a daily basis from on-field, off-field, throwing, running, reading, checking, and uh, effect on. But at the same time, I said it, it took a while because you had guys that were matching each other. Guys played very well off of each other and kept pushing each other. 
And then, but we had to make a decision for the first game. So we're comfortable with, very comfortable with Max. Thought he, I mean, uh, Haynes thought he had a great camp. I feel very good with Max and Connor also that, you know, if Lord willing, nothing happens. But, I mean, you know, you feel very comfortable in that situation. As we did last year, you definitely need him. So Jimbo knocking on wood there, uh, hoping that uh, King is able to stay healthy all year. But, again, he feels good about having Max Johnson, the LSU transfer, and the true freshman Connor Wegman behind him. Uh, again, Jimbo Fisher saying that uh, you know he likes King, uh, Haynes King. He's had a great camp and he's ready to go. King completed uh, 22 of 35 passes, for 300 yards, two touchdowns in the two games he appeared in a year ago. The Aggies will open their season on Saturday. It's an early one, 11 a.m. Central against Sam Houston State. That will be on the SEC Network. Thank you guys again for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. When we return, we'll continue on going around the conference, hitting on every SEC school with tidbits, heading into uh, game week. Uh, quick reminder for you guys, it is game week. That means you need to be heading over to Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. They've got all the SEC games this weekend up there. We'll be getting to some of the spreads later in the week, but if you want to go check them out, they're for, uh, for you on Bet Online. Just go ahead and look it up, and you will find all the uh, odds that you need. Bet Online continue to be the top online resource. For all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, even a podcast, they've got you covered. Head on over to Bet Online today. You can do so on your mobile device. Learn all about the action that is happening today. Bookmark them in your phone. It should be the first place you go to every day before you make your betting decisions. It is Bet Online, and it is where the game starts. Going along here, locked on SEC, and man, we got to keep this train rolling because we've got so much stuff to get into when we talk about, uh, obviously, the first four schools we hit on, all the ones with the quarterback battles that are ongoing, but let's jump right back into it, and we'll head over to Tuscaloosa, where uh, Nick Saban and Alabama, they are getting ready for their first game of the season. Nick Saban talking with the media about Cameron Latu. Their stud tight end from a year ago who had a really, really good season. But as Alabama's depth chart came out yesterday, Latu was not listed on the depth chart. He will start practicing today, Nick Saban said. Rehab went well. He was on the treadmill last week. Said he is day-to-day. Of course, Latu caught 26 passes, 410 yards, and eight touchdowns last season. Set to return to practice, like we said, considered by the medical staff as day-to-day coming off that uh, undisclosed injury since early August. But we did find out a few things about Alabama's week one depth chart on Monday. Four of their five Power 5 transfers were listed as either starters or co-starters. Only one of them, Louisville wide receiver Tyler Harrell, was not on the top line of the depth chart. He was second team X receiver behind Georgia transfer Jermaine Burton. Cornerback Eli Ricks, who came over from LSU, he was listed as the co-starter at one of the two cornerback spots alongside Kool-Aid McKinstry. True freshman defensive lineman Jaheim Otis, he was listed as a co-starter at nose guard along with senior DJ Dale and receiver Kobe Prentice, the guy that Nick Saban has been praising in recent weeks. He was the starting slot receiver over backups Christian Leary and Emmanuel Henderson. So, uh, some interesting ones there. Now, sophomore Ja'Cory Brooks, He's been getting his share of preseason praise, but he was listed as the second-team Z receiver 
behind Treshawn Holden. That comes after Holden, who's a junior, had a big performance uh, in the second of their two August scrimmages. So a lot to watch. Look, I think a lot of these guys are going to play anyway. I don't know if, you know, who the starters are in their opener against Utah State really matters for Alabama. I think they're going to mix in some of the offensive linemen, try to get that figured out. But, again, it's fun to be the starter, the opening day starter for the 2022 football season. Again, Alabama will open at home in Tuscaloosa Saturday night against Utah State. 6.30 central kickoff. That will be on SEC Network. Alabama favored by nearly six touchdowns. So, going to be uh, not a pretty one. But looking forward to see Bryce Young come back and uh, try to repeat his Heisman Trophy performance from last season. Speaking of team trying to repeat last season, Kirby Smart and Georgia. They are set to open the season against Oregon on Saturday. At his Monday press conference, Kirby Smart saying he's been pleased with how his guys have worked and looked. He said, I thought we had a really good football camp camp in terms of physicality, practice, and during the heat. It's not easy to be a football player in the fall because you don't get to do much but practice every day for three or four hours in the heat. And school's not here yet. People aren't even on campus He then shifted uh, his thoughts to Oregon, talking about Mario Cristobal, saying he's a good friend, recruited a lot of good players to Oregon, and new coach Dan Lanning, who was Georgia's defensive coordinator last season. He said they're going to be a hell of a team. They got a lot of good football players. Uh, Dan Lanning has not announced his quarterback yet, even though the former Auburn quarterback, Bo Nix, is expected to be the starter. Kirby said, quote, that doesn't really impact anything for us. I knew who the quarterback's going to be, so I'm not worried about that. Not taking a shot at Bo Nix there. He's just saying he's not worried about the quarterback position being up in the air there. But uh, if it is Bo Nix, Kirby Smart certainly knows him well. Now, a few other Georgia notes real quick. Eric Gilbert expected to be a big contributor in the Georgia tight end room. On Monday, he was involved in a two-car crash on Georgia's campus, according to UGASports.com. They indicated that uh, Gilbert is okay. His white Mercedes was totaled. The accident occurred on the corner of Lumpkin and Baxter Street. UGA police did not have an immediate comment. Uh, We'll see what sorts out with this, but looks like Gilbert's going to be fine. Didn't uh, sustain any serious injuries there. So him, Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington going to be, as a lot of people expect, the best tight end group in the country. And in recruiting, Georgia picked up a four-star offensive lineman on Monday night as Monroe Freeling. Officially committed to the Georgia Bulldogs. Number 35 prospect in the nation on on three sports rankings. Uh, The number 63 prospect in the nation in the 24-7 sports composite. Number eight offensive tackles. Take that for what you will. Meanwhile, over at Tennessee, Josh Heupel, of course, got the big news a couple days ago when USC transfer wide receiver Brew McCoy was announced he will be eligible for this season at his Monday presser. Eiple said, look, certainly a small sense of relief more than anything, just excitement. When I got the news, it sent chills down my spine. So excited for him, a young man who's done it the right way since he's been here, gone through a long winding journey to get to this point. Now he has an opportunity to move forward with his future and go compete with his teammates. Having a chance to tell him and hear him tell his dad was one of the great moments of my career. You could just tell the sense of excitement and some relief for them that they're able to just move on and go compete. So really special for him and his family. As for how he's progressed over fall camp, Heupel said the beginning portion of practice, we were kind of methodical in ramping him up as he came off not quite being 100% at the beginning of the summer, but we built him up. Got a great understanding of what what we're doing. He's operated efficiently in what we're doing offensively. So 
It'll be fun to see the Vols out there. We'll get to see them in an early game on Thursday. Missouri and Tennessee both in action, and uh, we'll see what Tennessee and Brew McCoy can do against Ball State. Over Kentucky, Mark Stoops and the Wildcats, they released their depth chart to open the season, and as expected, running back Chris Rodriguez missing from it. Rodriguez, uh, along with linebacker Jordan Wright, not in there, but Stoops was uh, still quiet on the details at his Monday press conference. In place of Rodriguez, Cavassier Smoke listed as the number one running back. Stoops said, we were discussing that. Uh, I knew it would be the first question. I want to say I appreciate the respect that you all have had through this process. I think you guys know a lot of times because I'm very open and honest with you. You're very respectful in return. I have something to say. I just have to say that these players have some rights as well, and I have to be very conscientious of that. Expect a few of them will have multiple game suspensions, but I don't know. I'll address it next week. Stoops and clarified. I didn't say suspended. Uh, they're just unavailable to play. Stoops uh, went on to say one more thing. He said there are layers to things. It's not always black and white. The players have rights, and there's process involves, uh, involved. That's where it's at. So, again, from the news in recent weeks, we expect to know Chris Rodriguez in this one. Cavassier Smoke will get the start running back for Kentucky in their opener. Speaking of Kentucky, they enter this season with the SEC's longest active win streak. Uh, Brett McMurphy, college football insider, put out there that the Wildcats are tied for the fourth longest active streak in the country. Louisiana leads the way. ULL, they have won 13 straight games to close out last season. Clemson is in second with six wins in a row. Baylor and Central Michigan both have five-game win streaks. And then Kentucky, Air Force, Georgia State, Tulsa, and Utah State are all riding four-game win streaks. Kentucky beat Vandy, New Mexico State, rival Louisville, and then uh, their bowl win over Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. Again, they will open the season against Miami of Ohio this week, but a big one next week, week two, going out to the Swamp to play Florida. And speaking of Florida, the Florida Gators, they will face a very big challenge in their season opener on Saturday night as a top 10 Utah team coming to town. People considering them a dark horse. Billy Napier, it'll be his first game as Florida's head coach, but a lot of eyes will be on their sophomore quarterback, Anthony Richardson. He's a native of Gainesville, Gainesville and uh, very exciting um, for a lot of the fans there to see what Anthony Richardson can do as the starter. He split time last year with Emory Jones, of course. Uh, Billy Napier talking about Richardson said, very pleased with Anthony's attitude and approach. He's worked hard to have a better comprehension of this system. A lot of reps. Now we get to zero the focus in on a specific game plan for Utah. Of course, a year ago, Richardson passed for over 500 yards, six touchdowns, added 400 yards, and three additional scores on the ground. Gators and the Utes set for a 7 p.m. kickoff Saturday night, televised on ESPN. Latest line, I think, at Ben Online is Florida, a three-point underdog in the matchup. All right, there you have it. That is uh, almost the latest going on around the conference. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll hit it on Arkansas, Mizzou, Mississippi State, all the rest of the conference that we haven't gotten to yet. That is coming your way in just a sec. Final segment here on Locked on SEC. Man, we're getting you guys ready for game week. Week one in the SEC, coming out of Monday with a lot of the pressers going on around the conference. Again, some teams doing their pressers, releasing depth charts on Tuesday. Uh, so we'll get to that throughout the week. But wanted to get you caught up on everything that happened on uh, Monday. And, of course, uh, some depth charts and things going on around the conference. Uh, Sam Pittman, 
over at Arkansas, the next head coach up who was talking about his team. Arkansas finished 9-4 and four a year ago. Expectations high for the Razorbacks. Big part of that is their quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, who passed for 2,600 yards, 21 touchdowns, four picks last year, but also a big-time runner. 664 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns on the ground. He's big, he's physical, and he does not go down easy. On Monday, talking with the media, Sam Pittman admitted he wouldn't mind seeing K.J. Jefferson run the ball a little bit less this year to ensure that he stays healthy. But he did add that he would never ask his star quarterback to not be aggressive and not do what he believes is best for the team. He said, look, it's hard to coach that out of a kid. You could tell him, hey, man, we got to have you healthy. And he's going to do whatever he wants to do. If he thinks he needs to set the tone, then he's going to go do it. I'm not going to coach him out of being aggressive, but I'm going to ask him to take care of himself. So asking him to be an aggressive but responsible runner, Sam Pittman, asking of K.J. Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson and Arkansas will open their season a big test this Saturday against Cincinnati. Uh, Razorbacks ranked number 19, the AP poll. They're around a six-point favorite on Bet Online. That game will kick off 2.30 Central on ESPN, Arkansas versus Cincinnati. Over at Mississippi State, Mike Leach and their company, uh, their group, they released their official depth chart ahead of their Saturday opening game against Memphis. Senior Caleb Ducking holding down first-team duties at the Z spot. Uh, Jameer Calvin and Jaden Wally, they swapped in and out with the first-team offense at the Y. At the other slot position, the H, Austin Williams has been steady there. Rufus Harvey as well. And then on the outside, junior... Uh, Ladedrick Griffin and sophomore Rara Thomas were the one-two combo there. Uh, Georgia transfer Justin Robinson also made a late push. So it looks like it's going to be this. Ducking at the Z, Harvey at the Y, Thomas at the X, and Williams at the H. Those are your four starting wide receivers. But again, expect expect many of mixing of those guys in, including Jaden Wally and uh, Rufus Harvey. And uh, again, they're just all going to be mixed in. So... Mississippi State, they're going to throw the ball a lot. Well, Rodgers is going to throw for a ton of yards. Uh, Mike Leach's thoughts on Memphis, though. He said, quote, I think they're all good. They have most of their guys back. I think they have good speed. they got some big guys. Their quarterback had an impressive first year. And I'm sure he's going to be better than he was last year. So there you go. There's Mike Leach's in-depth uh, scouting report on the Memphis Tigers. But Mississippi State hosting Memphis. They owe them a little payback for last year's game that had some questionable calls down the stretch. So that will be a fun one. Over at Missouri, Eli Drinkwitz and his team getting ready for Thursday night game, which means a lot to the Mizzou faithful as they will take on Louisiana Tech. Cornerback Ennis Rakestraw Jr., he's their top cornerback, set to return after suffering a torn ACL last October. Rakestraw said this week, tempo is one of the main things we've seen out of those guys at Louisiana Tech. They have some dynamic receivers on that side of the ball, a new quarterback who's a good player, they're going to make a lot of smart decisions. Rakestraw said he wants to perform admirably against every receiver he faces. So during the summer, he worked one-on-one drills with their uh, All-American top receiver, Luther Burden. Uh, and, of course, it didn't take very long for Rakestraw to see the talent in Burden's skills and the work ethic that he has. He said, me and Luther had the same mindset. We got chirpy sometimes, but it was always good work with each other. So looking to see how Mizzou looks going up against Louisiana Tech this Thursday night. Over at South Carolina, they announced a uh, new name for their live mascot, Sir Big Spur. It is going to be now known as the General. So uh, they made the announcement on Monday. 
So look forward to the general. I still think Marco Pollo or Cluck Norris was a better option, but they did not go with those. Uh, when the football season starts against Georgia State on Saturday, the Georgia uh, the general will have a new perch as well. The AD, uh, they're creating a C for the general to sit on, which replicates the South Carolina block C logo. In recruiting news for South Carolina, Desmond Umio Zulu, I guess that's how you say it. Four-star edge rusher. He announced his commitment to the SEC. Six foot six, two hundred thirty-nine pounder, committed to South Carolina, ranked the number twenty edge player in the class of twenty twenty-three. So big pickup for them. And lastly, over at Vanderbilt, they opened some eyes on Saturday night with their big sixty-three to ten win at Hawaii. A lot of people uh, taking some big takeaways from that. Chris Doring on the SEC Network said he liked what he saw from Vandy. He said, look, this doesn't mean they're going to go undefeated or win the national championship, but I think we can all agree. We saw progress from where they were just a year ago. We're seeing some changes. I think what you saw was a team that's resilient, started slow, struggled with some penalties early on, but did not let that get them down. And also Vanderbilt and First Bank making history on Monday, signing a 10-year football stadium naming rights and campus collaboration agreement, Vanderbilt Stadium will be called First Bank Stadium starting immediately with this season. First Bank will also become the official bank of Vanderbilt Athletics and their Alumni Association. They're headquartered in Nashville, according to Pete Thamel of ESPN. It will be the first time in more than a century of Vanderbilt football that the school has sold the stadium's naming rights. Thamel said the agreement should lead to a significant financial influx for the school and bolster uh, A.D. Candace Lee's attempts to modernize the football program. So get ready for going to Neyland Stadium, Jordan-Hare Stadium, and First Bank Stadium when you go to play Vanderbilt. And that is the latest news going on around the conference. We caught you up. News and tidbits from all 14 schools. There's a lot going on, man. It's a big game week. We got a lot planned for you throughout this week. We're going to have our buddy Lynn Scarborough from Lindy Sports join us this week. We're going to catch up with Taylor McGarg ahead of some of the big games this week in the SEC. And we will get you our picks for all the games this weekend. Look, some of them are going to be blowouts. Don't get me wrong. Will we have anybody score 63 like Vandy did? I don't know. We'll see. But we'll get you uh, that. And then, of course, all the big primetime matchups as well. We'll give you picks and uh, in those as well. I'm Chris Gordy. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Now you go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts along the uh, Locked On Podcast Network covering your team every day. We got Auburn. We got Bama. We got Georgia. We got Florida. We got just about every team you want covered. Tennessee, uh, Texas A&M, South Carolina, Ole Miss. We got you covered. Just search Locked On in that school and you'll find it wherever you get your podcasts on iTunes, on Spotify, YouTube for the video versions. We're out there for you. I'm Chris Gordy. You guys have an awesome day. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC.